in a world where Mondays are taken over by a machine. Welcome to Machine Mondays. Hello, 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 Machiniacs and Schmodown fans, and welcome to another episode of Machine Mondays. I'm Janine the Machine, and first off, as usual, I gotta give a huge thank you to David B for creating this awesome track for me, the official machine theme. Thank you so much, David B. And if you wanna check it out, you can find him at David B Music21 on Twitter. Also, gotta give a huge thank you to Kevin the Smasher Smets for that awesome voice intro. I love it so much. And if you wanna check out Kevin Smets or his awesome Star Wars Kotor trilogy movie, you can find all of that at his Twitter at Kev Smets. But let's get into today's episode. And today's episode is not just any regular episode of Machine Mondays, it is the 50th episode of Machine Mondays. Days we have hit this milestone and I'm super excited. So we have a jam-packed episode today. Lots to talk about. It is, of course, tournament season, so so many matches. Uh, we will definitely be getting into depth on the Who's the Boss Shazam match, the championship match between Founding Fathers and Corruption. Uh, we will be getting deep into the Guy Bateman match and the very fun Kevin Smith versus Chris Jericho match. Um, and then I'll briefly kind of brush over all the other matches that happened last week. If you want to see more details about how I feel on those matches or even see me play along with those matches from the singles tournament that premiered last week, head to the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon and become a patron and you can watch me play along with these matches and see how I do. Um, so yeah, we'll just briefly brush over the matches that were released uh, last week, but we will definitely delve into those four big matches for sure. Um, one of the matches actually, though, that was released last week sparked some drama and controversy. So we will talk a little bit about that as well. And since it's the 50th episode, we have to do some sort of fun countdown. So, you know, I'm not really known for winning. I'm not really known for having epic matches. So what I am known for are entrances. So I will be counting down the top five favorite machine entrances that I've done. Um, And yeah, lots to talk about, guys. So let's get into today's episode. So, of course, last week or the week before last, we had uh, the team's match between Who's the Boss and Shazam to see who would be facing the champions of the championship match. Uh, So uh, Who's the Boss versus Shazam? Nobody went perfect. 13 to 10 going into round two. Shazam leading. Who's the Boss? They went first. They unfortunately got opponent's choice. Um... And they were given classics. But before that, there was a bit of drama. Um, I think Bateman was uh, kind of trying to clarify if Bibbs got a question wrong. And when he discovered that he got it wrong, he said something like, um, oh, so Bibbs isn't perfect. So I don't know if he was just like being snarky or if he was just literally saying Bibbs isn't perfect as he wasn't going to get a perfect round. But Bibbs, I think, took it as, you know, Ben being his usual character bully self and called him out. Um, you know, uh, the kid doubled down on it. And so there was a little bit of tension there um, with calling Ben a bully. Um, so 
that happened. Uh, but we get into who's the bosses round two. They are saddled with classics and they do not have a great round two. They miss the first question on multiple choice. They get the second correct. They miss the third on multiple choice. They get the fourth correct on multiple choice. They miss the fifth question and they get the sixth correct. So kind of all over the place. Riley actually having some good pulls. I know at this point, he's usually kind of set as the weaker player of that team, but he actually had some decent pulls here for the team. Uh, Shazam, they have their round two, um, but before that, they get the three steals um, that uh, who's the boss miss. Um, The first one was a question that did have multiple choice options. They just answered the answer is Elvis because they had multiple choice options and only one option was Elvis Presley. So they didn't say the last name. They just said Elvis. And I think Ben was just trying to pull out whatever he could because that's what he does and pulled a challenge on the answer Elvis saying that they needed both names. They only gave half a name, which I could see as a valid point if there was no multiple choice, but there was multiple choice and there was only one Elvis in that multiple choice. So to challenge on that was a little silly, but I feel like he was just kind of trying to use whatever he had left to get some kind of, you know, you know, it was a desperate kind of last effort because I think he knew where this match was heading. Um, so of course, because it was on multiple choice and all of that, they lose their challenge. Shazam gets the one point steal. Um, then they get another a one point steal for another question they missed and they get two points for the third question that who's the boss missed. So that puts them in a great position. Um, they are already ahead 17 to 15 before they've even had their round two. Um, so then they get comedies, they stick with it. Uh, they get the first question correct. They get the second on multiple choice, the third and the fourth all on multiple choice. They get the fifth one correct. And all they need is this last one without multiple choice to win it with a big ass KO on who's the boss. And they pull it out. They get the win. KO, knock out who's the boss. And Shazam is going forward to face the winners of Corruption versus Founding Fathers. So really happy for Shazam. Uh, Their energy is always a bit frantic and, you know, they talk a lot and tend to talk over each other a little bit and talk while other people are talking. Um, But, you know, they just get very excited. And I think their collaboration is really great. They're always really checking in with each other, talking things out, explaining things. So I really appreciate that about their teamsmanship. Um, a lot of players kind of just do a quick, like, do you know this? Do you not know this kind of thing? But they actually have like full kind of conversations and dialogues about questions, which I really appreciate seeing in a team. So good for Shazam. Really excited for them. You know, Finstock Exchange, basically from day one of this whole draft in this season, everything's kind of been uh, Finstock Exchange propaganda, like backstage is essentially the Finstock Exchange propaganda hour. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, is it kind of nice to see them, you know, go down a little bit because of the cockiness and all of that they kind of put into it maybe just a little bit so uh really great to see shazam shine and play so well and to knock them out and take them down a peg like that before even hitting round three that was just insane uh so yeah really great match really happy for shazam and i can't wait to see them face off um in their next match 
Uh, but let's get into the championship match we had between fin- uh, Founding Fathers and Corruption. Uh, so another excellent match. Uh, Chance is the only one to go perfect in round one. Uh, so in getting the bonus, it's tied up 13 to 13 going into round two. Uh, corruption goes first. They get 80s. They do pretty well. They sweep. Um, they do have to go to multiple choice twice, though, and they get it correct on multiple choice. Uh, Founding Fathers, they get Angela Bassett, which was great to see. Um, and they sweep as well. They only go to multiple choice on one question and get it correct and get everything else. So it's 24 to 23. Um, Founding Fathers leading. Going into round three, a lot of kind of mix up because it's a lot to figure out how to do the betting round uh, in teams is the first time they've done it. So there was a lot of kind of rigmarole trying to figure all that out. Uh, But I commend them really trying to work within this format and make it work. So I know there's going to be tough moments like that. Um, So they do get Nora Ephron as a category for the betting round. Uh, corruption they wager two they get it correct founding fathers wager three and they get it correct as well so founding fathers keeps the lead 27 to 25 going into the speed round so very interesting to see how they do the speed round here in a championship match for teams um since there are 10 questions they split it up one teammate takes five the other teammate takes the other five so i really kind of liked how that worked and i hadn't really you know people have their kind of gripes and debates about um this new form of speed round not really being able to make a difference in matches and I honestly haven't really seen it make too big a difference in matches um in the championship matches that we've seen so far but it actually made a huge difference here because you're working with four different minds as opposed to two so there's more kind of open to kind of make mistakes so corruption they got nine out of the ten they only passed on one and got the rest uh founding fathers dan missed one and passed on one roca missed one and passed on one so then it ended up giving um corruption a pretty sizable lead 34 to 31 going into the final round so founding fathers uh they get their two-pointer they get their three-pointer corruption gets the two-pointer and their three-pointer founding fathers gets their five so all okay corruption has to do is get their five for the belts they get it great pull by chance and they are now the new team champions and they will face off against shazam uh so it's gonna be a really great match i'm super excited for that um chance was amazing mike actually had quite a bit of blunders in the first round but definitely was uh a great um help in the other rounds so uh yeah definitely impressed by corruption cannot wait to see uh, that match going forward and it's a tough tough time for the finstock exchange to lose the belt and to lose two matches in their faction like that so they really are gonna have to um work to get some of their shine back for sure um but definitely those were some amazing matches still can't believe that shazam ko before even getting to round three that was amazing um so yeah then the most recent matches that were released on friday uh we had guy versus bateman uh was definitely pulling from a boy guy you know he had his whole crazy kind of kooky schmominati vibe that he was going for um and yeah that definitely played into this match you know, he was super sweaty, wearing shorts, 
just looking very frazzled and disoriented and he played that way um not a great round one four to seven a guy leading after round one um guy he gets burton uh, for round two does not have a good round two he gets the first question correct he misses the second giving ben a two-point steal he gets the third on multiple choice and then he gives ben another two-point steal on the fourth question um then bateman is just about his round two to get the win uh bateman he gets harrison ford he sweeps it but there is before that there is a challenge on his third question he answers and hesh uh, so Sam throws a challenge out there, another kind of desperation plea type challenge. He says Anne Hesh, um, but, you know, her name is pronounced Anne Hesh, not Hesh. So they try to challenge it, but the challenge is thrown out and they give Ben the point. So, you know, and like they use that same rhetoric and those same words, well, we knew what he meant, which that can be dangerous and that can be a little bit tricky because how far is this going to go? How far are you going to allow mispronunciations in, in matches because you knew what they meant? Elba Alba. Those are two different names, but they voted that it, that was okay because they knew what he meant. So if you say, you know, how was Lena Headley wrong? You know what Roka meant. You know, he meant Lena Headey, but he said Headley, Headley, you know, but that was incorrect because it was pronounced wrong. So it's like, just how far is this going to go to the point of, well, we knew what they meant. I don't think you can take that into account because people mean a lot of things, but right is right and wrong is wrong. So, um, it was a stretch of a challenge because had he written it down, he probably would have spelled it right and it would have been fine. But because, you know, it's just verbalizing it, um, you kind of have to take it for what it is. So yes, it was a bit of a desperate challenge, but that just kind of put the thought in my head because they keep saying that phrase of, well, we knew what he meant, which is kind of dangerous. Like you're just going to take somebody, somebody, thinking what you know what they meant as enough of an answer as opposed to a right or wrong answer so that's just something that's kind of tricky to I think work around so like just made me think how far could you take that whole rhetoric of knowing what somebody means because yeah like Elba and Alba are two different names but yet they they accepted it on those grounds so just something to think about there so then it Bateman does get the fourth question for the win and he does that dumb stupid shit which I am so fed up uh, with is the long drawn out um, answer for effect at this point you're not fooling anybody everybody knows you know it so you just dragging it out for dramatic effect the effect is played out and it doesn't work anymore Ben started this thing and then people like Chandru started to do it, but they started to do it in a like an even more fake way because they thought it was going to make them look like they were getting a great pull because yeah, Chandru does that. Chandru did that. And that was very frustrating that he did that. So it would look like it was a magnificent pull and it would make it look more dramatic for him and people could commend him for such a great pull when he knew it the whole time, he was just doing a Ben Bateman pause for effect. So yeah, the effect of that 
it does not work anymore. It's just kind of played out and so annoying. So yeah, I, I, I hate, I hate when competitors do that. I absolutely hate it. And you know, that's why Ben Bateman is team trader because he started that and I hate it. <laughs> I love Ben Bateman, but I, I hate that. I hate it so much. <laughs> Um, so yeah, those were the matches. And then we get into all the matches that were released, um, uh, last week in the singles tournament. Uh, we had Andrako versus Achity, which there was some drama that brewed after this match aired. Um, but yeah, I think this was both of these competitors first time doing this new format. Uh, I was excited to see Achity play again, as you know, there were talks of him and me becoming a potential team in the suspects. Um, so I was excited for the opportunity to see us potentially get some points. I mean, he was one of the many players that hadn't got to play yet in my faction. So yeah, I was really excited to see him play. Um, uh, but didn't quite go the suspect's way. So Andrako, he has a perfect round one, getting the bonus, making it nine to five, going into round two. Um, Andrako has a little bit of a shaky round two. Um, and, but, and, uh, actually has an even more shaky round two. So it's 13 to nine, uh, Andrako leading going into the third round. And then Andrako ends up winning, uh, 15 to 14. Um, so the controversy that brewed after this match was, um, some cheating accusations. Um, there was a post that was put up in the Facebook group calling for, um, uh, harsher kind of regulation on the hands up rule that that needs to be enforced better, which is definitely something I agree with some matches. It's very consistent and you can hear people saying hands up, hands up. And the competitors are really good about doing it, but in other matches it's very lax and there will be significant amounts of time where people's hands are out of frame. And do I think anyone has cheated? Would I ever accuse anyone of cheating? Um, no, from what I've seen, I don't think anyone has cheated. I don't think anyone would jeopardize the integrity of the show in that way. Um, but it is frustrating to see that that is a rule that you're setting up. That is a rule that you're stating and it's not being consistently enforced. So I get the frustration with that. But when that turns into blatant accusations without actual proof, um, that post ended up kind of evolving into some fans, um, particularly fan league fans, uh, accusing Mark Andrako of cheating um, and saying that, yes, he cheated in that match. I will say I watched that match multiple times and there were two serious significant times where Mark Andrako's hands were out of frame, where his head was down and his hand head was in his hands and you couldn't see his hands at certain points. And there were two really significant times when that happened. The first time it happened, he had to go to multiple choice. So if he was Googling, if he was cheating, if he was looking things up, he wouldn't have to go to multiple choice. He would have gotten that question outright. The John Kreese question, but he had to go to multiple choice. And then he got it on multiple choice. Then the other one was on actually steel. And it was the, you know, Guillermo del Toro, Ron Perlman question. His head was in his hands. His head, hands were not really seen in frame all the way. And actually got it wrong. He had an opportunity for one point steal and he got it wrong as well. So the things, the moments where his hands were significantly out of frame, 
he didn't get those questions out right. So how could he be cheating in that instance? Um, so I feel like what has happened with this whole situation with Schmeron having to be forced into this virtual online format, I feel like maybe people in the fan leagues, you know, no disrespect to the fan leagues. I appreciate that they've taken their fandom to a level of creating their own kind of awesome sphere. And that's great. And we've gotten a lot of great competitors out of the fan leagues and they're great players because of, you know, the intensity and the, um, you know, hard work that goes into the fan leagues. And I appreciate that. But I feel like since the Shmodan has had to succumb to the format of the fan leagues, some of those people feel some kind of entitlement. They feel like, well, now the Shmodan's in our realm. So, you know, we're the ones who can show off and show them how it's done because they're in our format now. But to that other side of it, like you wouldn't even have fan leagues. You wouldn't even have created fan leagues without the Schmodown. And I want to say take three was the first ones to actually start that whole kind of online trivia thing format. And then other fan leaguers copy take three who did and originally got the idea from the Schmodown. So you wouldn't even have your fan league without the Schmodown in the first place, but yet you want to come in and act like, you know, you're better than everybody because you know, this format better than the Schmodown. And, um, you know, so you, you must know more than them, but (sighs) that's just where it gets kind of iffy for me. Um, like had a fan had these concerns, I feel like those were things they could have privately brought to the higher ups in the Schmodown. Christian sent them a private message and said, Hey, I feel like, you know, this isn't being enforced right. And I feel like maybe there is potential for these people to cheat or whatever but to publicly blast a competitor without any proof and just push and push and push that point um I don't think that's fair um and yeah I just did not like how that was handled in that situation by these fans so do I think Mark cheated no um I watched that match back. And like I said, there were the moments where his hands were significantly out of frame. He got questions wrong. He had to go to multiple choice. He wasn't getting questions correct outright when his hands were out of frame. Um, I don't like the straight up accusation. I think that was something for a private conversation um, or something that they could have posted themselves on their own. But to put that in the Facebook group, I feel like was kind of really negative and um, just not cool. So those are my thoughts on all of that drama. Um, I've seen posts of Christian having conversations with these people and squashing things and having a good dialogue. So I appreciate that everything has been squashed and it's fine and there's no drama. Um, So hopefully in future, these things can be handled in better ways. I just was not really a fan of the kind of entitlement that some fan leaguers felt that, you know, they knew better because this is their format and this is their realm. Um, like let the Schmodown do what they're going to do. Let them figure out how to do things the way they feel like they need to do things. Um, if they want to consult with you on how to make things work better, they can, but if they don't, you don't need to like push your opinions on them because you think you know better. Like that's just how it is. So, uh, yeah, those are my feelings on all of that drama. Um, but, uh, we had another match, uh, released and that was T- 
Kim versus Tom. Uh, I was really excited to see how uh, Tom's character was going to translate over virtual and he did not disappoint. It was great. Um, I loved his whole kind of shtick with Kate and like him calling her mommy and like she's like, no, not your mom. So that whole dynamic was really funny. Um, But it was a pretty good even back and forth match. Uh, Six to six uh, after round one, 13 to 12 after round two. Um, just a really good back and forth, uh, with, uh, Tim missing his five, giving Tom the win. And he goes on to face Jader, uh, was really excited to hear that. So, um, you know, Jader was my former faction mate. He's a great person. Love that, you know, his whole story and getting into the showdown, really excited for him. So we'll see if he can take out Tom because Tom did have some falters here and there. You know, he seemed pretty infallible at the start, but there are some chinks in that armor. So, you know, if Jader knows what buttons to hit right, like he could, he could definitely take this one. So it could go either way. And I didn't say with Andraco. Um, I believe he's going to be facing Brendan. So that's going to be a really great match. I feel like um, the intensity level there, uh, the knowledge power there, it could go either way. So that's definitely going to be another uh, exciting match. Uh, Then we had um, Mike versus Perry. Uh, Definitely another one I was really excited to see. We haven't really seen Perry play much outside of exhibition matches. So I was really excited to see how she does uh here in this match i mean hell yeah for ladies in the league and also just hell yeah to anyone beating my rival mike kalinowski so uh yeah this was a really good match uh seven to four mike leading perry going into round two uh, then actually tying it up at the end of round two 11 to 11 uh it was great to see perry have such a good round two um, and then they just kept bouncing it back and forth in the round three. Um, she forced Mike, I think he missed his three. So he forced him to have to answer his five. And he got that really tough Meryl Streep question, giving Perry the win. So excited for her. So she will play the winner of Riley um, Video Drew. Um, but yeah, so awesome to see a, a lady move ahead in the in the tournament. Um, and Mike is out, but he's the team's champion. So he's he's got that. He can feel good about that. So yeah, awesome match. Um, and yeah, we get into the next one. We're talking another corruption match, which is Chance versus uh, David Del Rio. We haven't seen Del Rio in a while, but he did have a really great debut. So excited to see him come back and play again. So Chance showing he's always good at round one, getting a perfect first round, making it nine to seven, going into round two. But Del Rio is able to kind of even it out. Um, And yeah, they have a really good balance. It kind of just shows like anything could happen here. You know, he was two points down just to tie it up after round two. So 14 to 14 going into round three. Um, They have a pretty good back and forth. They both get their twos and threes, but both miss their fives. So it stays 19 to 19 and they have to go to sudden death. And I'm really excited that we've been getting so many sudden deaths this season. Um, So yeah, first question in they both get. And then the second question in you throw Hulk Hogan in there and move 
movies. Yeah, Chance ends up getting it. Del Rio misses for the win. So yeah, definitely a really great match, a great back and forth. I really want to see more of Del Rio because yeah, like we've only gotten a little bit of him and he's really good. Um, but yeah, Chance is moving forward. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but saving the best for last, this match brought a huge smile to my face. Uh, Kevin Smith versus Chris Jericho. Such a fun match. Like they looked like they were having so much freaking fun. Um, yeah, this match was amazing. Even the banter was really good. Like I thought maybe it would lag or like both of them would kind of veer off and like start side talking too much and it would kind of slow things down. But the flow was still really great and their rapport was really great. And they actually were really good with the rules and stuff. They were better with the rules than most bets of this game. So um, yeah, just to see them play and just enjoy it and have so much fun. Like I feel like that would make them want to come back. So I'm excited to see them definitely play again because they were having a blast. So I was having a blast watching it. So Kevin starts off killing it, getting seven to four against Jericho in round one. Um, then Koi just kind of comes in and just starts talking to Kevin. And then Kevin is like, first off, hi, because, you know, Koi just went into this whole kind of spiel before even like addressing Kevin and saying hi. So I like that Kevin kind of called him out on that. And then in a crazy turn of events, they both got opponent's choice in round two. So first, Kevin got an opponent's choice. They gave him Meg Ryan. He didn't do bad. He got all of them correct except one. And Jericho was able to get the two point steal on that. Then Jericho went on his opponent's choice. They gave him Kevin Smith because I think we were all excited to see Kevin Smith get spun in a Kevin Smith match. So that was really amazing. They gave him Kevin Smith, but he actually did pretty solid. He swapped. He only went to multiple choice on one and he ended up getting it. But there was a little bit of snafu. Like he, one of the multiple choice choices, instead of saying the letter of the choice, he said the title of the movie, but he didn't say the title right. He said live free to die hard, but it's live free or die hard. Um, but they didn't challenge. They just wanted to be cool and, and polite about it. So they didn't challenge it, but they did bring it up throughout the rest of the match to like razz Jericho with it. So that was pretty funny. So then it was all tied up going into round three, 13 to 13. So then there's a really great back and forth happening um, in round three. Uh, Jericho misses his two. Kevin misses his two. Jericho gets his three. Smith gets his three. Jericho misses his five. Kevin misses his five. But the funny thing about Kevin missing his five is the answer was Bruce fucking Willis. Like his bitter rival. He did the cop out movie with him and there's bad blood there. And yeah, so I like that his whole thing, he said James Gandolfini. So he kind of said in his mind, he replaces Bruce Willis in all things with James Gandolfini. So it ended up going to sudden death and they actually get about four questions deep until they get to a Batman Returns question. Of course, you all know Batman Returns is my favorite Batman movie. And that's where Kevin takes the win. So fun. Like this match just brought a huge smile to my face. They looked like they were having such a blast. The banter was hilarious. The interaction with their managers was really fun. And I really feel like they loved playing and they could come back. Like that energy they had was so infectious. I think this is match of the year for me for sure. It was just so fun. 
um, and funny. And, you know, I thought maybe their kind of side talking would slow things down, but it was actually very funny and like timed well and just their banter with the, with the commentators, with their managers. It was all just so much fun. So definitely great match. Uh, and that was just a great way to uh, cap off all of these matches that happened this past week. Um, so yeah, now that it we're done with all the match talk, let's get into something special for the 50th episode of Machine Mondays. So I thought I would go through, you know, my top five favorite entrances that I've done. Um, first up, we have Radio Rahim. I dress as Radio Rahim in the manager bowl match. Uh, I think I was against Zipper, McWeenie, Roca, and Stacey Howard. And, you know, I told myself that I wanted to highlight black characters um, quite a bit when I was doing my entrances. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I just I had watched uh, Do the Right Thing recently at the time and um, just thought it would be a really fun entrance to do. I was really trying to get the same Bed-Stuy shirt that he had in the movie, but it wasn't going to come in time. So I just got a shirt that said Bed-Stuy and had the the love hate fists on the shirt. Um, I couldn't find those rings. I know people made them on Etsy, but they also weren't going to come in time and they were super expensive. So I ended up finding these shoelace um, decorations that were the love and hate rings. And I ended up just kind of tying rubber bands to them and then like sliding them on my fingers with the rubber bands. So I was able to kind of make the rings work with that. I know he has those camo shorts. So I got like some cute, like a cute girly version of the camo shorts. And then I had some cute, like golden black, like high top sneakers, like wedge sneakers. So that was how I kind of put that whole look together. Um, and then I found these like gift boxes that looked like boom boxes. I wanted to get a real boom box, but I didn't want an, uh, like an inflatable one either. So I got the gift box that looked like a pretty decent boom box. And then I came out to public enemy fight the power. So just a really fun entrance. And I actually almost won that match. So it was a really fun match. I played really well and just had a fun entrance highlighting a black character. Uh, next, my number four entrance would probably be Black Widow. I don't think this is a favorite of a lot of people, but just for me, like I actually put like some physical work (laughs) into this costume. Um, so I already had this black cat suit and I was already planning on doing Nick Fury for free for all. So I was like, how can I make some of these Nick Fury elements work for Black Widow? So I had a tactical belt that I bought. So I was like, I need the Black Widow kind of belt insignia. So I was looking for like Black Widow name tags and I found somebody who made um like the black widow kind of logo so i ordered that and then i was able to stick like a velcro stick to the belt and stick that logo there on the belt um and then i was trying to find the gauntlets the wrist gauntlets and i couldn't find anything that i liked that wasn't like a little kid's thing or if I could get something custom on Etsy, it was super expensive or it would have taken a really long time to get here. So I had to get creative. I had an abundance of Nerf darts. So I decided to spray paint them black. I probably should have primed them because they were soaking up a lot of the paint, but it was just kind of a last minute idea. Um, 
So I spray painted them black. I let them dry. And then I took like cut the uh, like elastic part off the top of some socks. So I'd have that stretchy band part. And I proceeded to hot glue the darts to the sock so that I could have these wrist gauntlets. And it actually came out pretty good. Um, so I had the wrist gauntlets, I had the cat suit and I had the belt buckle. Um, and then when I did get my hair braided for that, I made sure I did like this red color. So I would like convey the vibe of, you know, Natasha's red hair. Um, so yeah, I just liked Black Widow purely because like I had to put some work into, um, putting that together. I had to do like some Shimon on arts and crafts, uh, with that. So I, I had fun kind of trying to figure out how to create something for that look. Um, my third is probably, um, Harley Quinn. Um, you know, I had my huge hammer, uh, and just, I already have like all the Harley Quinn stuff because she is like one of my favorite characters. And, you know, I had put a lot of effort into just kind of assembling pieces to create my own Harley Quinn. So like I had a red top, black corset. I had this tutu that I had ordered that was one side red, one side black. Um, I had these like, um, Harley Quinn little shorty shorty shorts I had fishnet stockings um, you know uh, the big tall boots the special Harley Quinn gloves Harley Quinn choker like that outfit had so many accessories the black and white wig um so yeah I was really excited to do that look because it was something I already had and like something that I had put a lot of time into putting together and making that hammer and everything. And I thought it would be cute to try to smash some Fife Club soap since I was playing uh, against uh, Andrego at the Fight Club, Fife Club. And yeah, I broke my hammer trying to smash the soap. But then I just had to be like, oops, oops, all cute about it. But yeah, I completely like busted the shit out of my hammer. Um, so that was just kind of a funny entrance as well. Um, number two definitely has to be my New York boxer that took quite a few elements to have to order from places. So I found this lady on Etsy who did like custom boxing shorts and, and the robe. Um, and so, you know, since machines are like metal, I wanted to do like a metallic silver with some black trim. And so I made it say the machine on the back and machine on the shorts. And like, I think they came from like Vietnam. So I had to wait for those to come. Um, I found uh, silver block boxing gloves, which were like legit, real, actual boxing gloves. I found these cute silver boxing shoes, which were legit, real boxing shoes. Um, I bought like a silver sports bra. Um, and yeah, and just my whole moment backstage, like Jen actually helping me with my makeup. That was just a super special moment for me because, you know, that was a, one of the insecurities I had about the Shimoda. I'm like, I would see all the girls kind of getting together and doing all their makeup together. And I was like, there's no way I can be a part of that because nobody looks like me. Nobody knows how to do makeup for somebody who looks like me. So I'm kind of just on my own here in this situation. But she took the time to like help me with my makeup. And so I just felt so beautiful and I was ready to go out there and even though I didn't win that match, like I felt so confident in just coming out and, you know, feeling like this tough ass boxer punching my gloves together and getting that reception from the crowd. Like I just felt so confident and cool in that boxing look. So definitely my number two. Um, and of course my number one has to be Misty Knight. Um, just the love that I got for that look, the photos that I got out of it, 
also another situation where I had to assemble a lot of pieces. Um, you know, I took inspiration from comic book looks from the TV show, the Simone Missick version of her from the Luke Cage TV show on Netflix. Um, so I pulled from a bunch of different things. I found this really cute curly wig. Um, I found like a gun holster, a shoulder holster. Um, I found like some high-waisted dark jeans. Um, this red top that I had for my Harley look was a perfect fit for that outfit. Um, some kind of 70s style, like slouchy black boots, some big hoop earrings. Um, so yeah. Was it took some time to kind of piece together the elements and while the outfit was pretty um, like regular clothes it was still kind of a lot to put things together to make the look work and come together um, and of course the bionic arm that was kind of the big thing which is now something I want to do in all my matches is have that bionic arm but it started with Misty Knight because her character is known to have you know the bionic arm is her signature kind of superhero element. So putting that together was kind of crazy. I tried a bunch of different things. I wanted to order this really cool Misty Knight arm on Etsy, but it wasn't going to come in time. Plus it was super expensive. So I had to kind of figure things out. Um, I was trying to look for a sleeve that really had like a, a decent bionic look. And I ended up finding this child's like ninja costume that had like a cyborg arm on it. So I ordered this child size ninja costume, cut off that arm. It also came with like a plastic um, 3D kind of piece that looked very machine and mechanic. So that's kind of the piece that makes the arm look super real. So I put the, I cut the sleeve that I cut off that had the mechanical print on it. I cut that off, put that on my arm, taped it to my arm, and then put the plastic 3D kind of part on the forearm. And then I found some child size, like all I could find was child size transformer gloves that had like the mechanical hand print all over the glove. So then my hand looked like it was robotic. And then I just put a black glove over the robotic hand. I used like metallic tape um, and to create the arm. So the arm was kind of the signature piece of that whole look. And um, yeah, then, you know, I posted pictures online and I had Simone Missick who played Misty Knight on Luke Cage leave a nice comment saying she approved of the look and I said I did Misty right. So um, just the amount of love I got from that look and just loving that character on Luke Cage and just feeling badass and the kind of birth of the bionic arm that was super special. So um, yeah, definitely my number one has to be Misty Knight for sure. So yeah, guys, I think that's everything we wanted to cover. I just have one last thing I want to say. Um, this weekend, we lost Chadwick Boseman. He lost his four-year battle with colon cancer. You know, he was very private about that. So I think this came to, as, to many as a huge shock and surprise. You know, I saw lots of pictures of him looking very thin and people kind of questioning how his health was doing. And I know his camp stayed really private about it and never really commented or um, and talked about any, you know, addressed any concerns that people had with his weight. So, you know, I always kind of was like, what's going on with him? But no one was saying anything. So I had hope that maybe it was something else going on with him or he was losing weight for a role or something. But to find out that like he did all these roles while going through stage four colon cancer and just him still wanting to put out great work and just be a positive force for people. Um, 
that is just amazing. You know, Black Panther, that film and his role inspired me so much in my Schmodown journey. Um, I've talked about this before. I posted it in the Facebook group. Um, coming into the Schmodown, I was super excited to do it as a fan, but I also had lots of fears. I had fears that I wouldn't be accepted. You know, most of the competitors were white, were male. Um, the fan base was mostly white and male. So, you know, me coming in as a heel, female, black woman heel, would I be some kind of stereotype? Would I be some kind of caricature to them? Would they accept me? Could I do this? Um, you know, I had doubt and fears and a lot of that stemmed from would I be accepted because of being a black woman in this mostly male, white dominated thing. Um, but the day before I had my match, me and my family, they bought like leading up to Black Panther. I was just super excited for this movie. The amount of representation on such a mainstream level was so special to me. And it inspired so many art pieces. Like I had so many designs that I had made for Black Panther and put in my tea shop. And my sister, my mom bought design, all my designs for all of us to wear. We all wore my Black Panther designs. We went to the premiere the day it was released, the day before my Schmodown match, we all got dressed up in my shirts. We went together as a family. We never do stuff like that. Um, and it was just such a special day. And after seeing that movie, you know, seeing Chadwick's performance, seeing this black strong man represent so well, you know, that inspired me so much. I felt so powerful. I felt like I could do anything. I felt like I was a part of that story. I could be a part of this story. I could represent something different in the Schmodown. I could represent people of color. You know, I could be that big push towards diversity. I could be a part of that. And that's what Chad's performance made me feel. That's what that movie made me feel. So thank you so much, Chadwick Boseman, for representing so well for just being an amazing spirit, being such a talent. You will be missed by this world. And I hope you are resting peacefully. Just such a huge loss. And, you know, his work has meant so much to me. Him being that character has meant so much to my drive in the Schmodown. And, you know, my my purpose, I feel like, to represent people of color in anything I do. Um, so thank you so much for that. Rest in peace. And yeah, <laughs> tough loss, tough loss. So thank you guys so much for listening to the 50th episode of Machine Mondays. Sorry to end on such a sad note, but you know, we're all feeling it. We're all feeling this loss. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I was super excited to get to 50 episodes. I can't believe it. Um, this started as an article on the Schmodown website and turned into 50 episodes of a podcast. And that's just so amazing to me. So thank you to those who listen and support the show. I love doing this every week, just giving my takes on everything Schmodown. 
Um, if you want to find me, you can find me at Janine Debean on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can check out the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon on patreon.com. Like I said, if you want to go there and watch me play along with all the matches in the singles tournament, you can join that tier and check it out there. Also get monthly artwork. You get to vote in polls. You get to learn about me and my awesome co-host Morgan and all the things we're doing. Um, so yeah, come join us at the Patreon. Uh, it's a Wonderful One on patreon.com or just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on patreon.com and come hang out with us we do fun sunday live streams it's a great time um uh if you want any merch or you want to get any of my black panther art uh that i talked about um you can find that at my t public shop on tpublic.com at g9design um and yeah you can check out the other shows on this feed we don't just have machine Mondays every Monday with me, Jenny and the machine. We also have Morgan hasn't seen every Wednesday. Uh, we are delving into the twilight series. Our wonderful patron Billy has chosen that he's at that Patreon tier level where he gets to pick topics for our shows. So he's picked for the whole month of September to be twilight month where I force poor Morgan to watch all the twilight movies for the first time. So that's definitely going to be an adventure. We're covering the first twilight movie this wednesday so check that out to see morgan's thoughts um and then every friday we have uh it's a wonderful podcast the namesake show of our feed where we give love to those classic films this week it's going to be morgan and our other rotating co-host nolan dean talking something cool so we'll see what they got going over there but we have shows every monday wednesday and friday on the it's a wonderful podcast feed found all places where you can find podcasts morgan's better at at you know spouting all the places i usually just say you can find them at all the places where podcasts are found but anyways guys just thank you so much for listening um you know i feel like i come here every week just rambling about nonsense and uh not sure who's out there actually listening but um i appreciate you and thank you because i love doing this and yeah Uh, anyways guys thank you so much you're the best stay safe black lives matters wash your hands wear your masks stay safe and yeah that's it guys until next time xo xo machine out